0: CeeDee Lamb deserves all of the praise thrown his way because he's really been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And tonight, we'll get into some of the intricacies that have made him so difficult to beat. And also, we'll talk some matchups against the Washington Commanders. And as we do every Thursday night, we are going to have our final prediction for the game. Final show of the regular season. Let's get it started. Here we go. (laughs) What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On the Man Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And as always, if you enjoy the show, hit the like button for me and let's get this show Uh, growing and growing some more. Uh, Welcome. It is a Thursday night. No Thursday night football, though. It is still, however, a great night to talk some Cowboys football. Uh, Dallas will play the Washington Commanders to close out the season. And there's a little bit in play here. A little bit. You know, no biggie. The NFC East title is in play. Not that the Commanders can win it, mind you. But the Cowboys, they win. They're the number two seed in the NFC. They get home field advantage. In the wildcard round and provided they win, they would also get home field advantage in the divisional round. They would also happen to avoid the San Francisco 49ers until a hypothetical 49ers uh, NFC championship game. It's a big one. It's what I'm trying to say. The rival might not get you hyped. You know, the Washington Commanders, one of the worst teams in the NFL record-wise at least, might not get you hyped. But it's a big spot for Dallas. It's as big as it gets in the regular season. You win and you are the NFC East champion. Uh, It would be the second time in three years. It would also keep the infamous NFC East streak alive. You already know it. I don't have to tell you it. Uh, 2004, that's all I'm going to say, right? No repeat champions in the NFC East since then. And you can't help feeling nervous, right? Sure, Cowboys are massive favorites. Sure, the Cowboys should win it. They seem to have the right mindset for it. But it's still one of them that, man, on Saturday night when we go to slip, I think we're going to turn a little bit, you know, trying to follow slip uh, before we finally do. Because it's going to be one of those spots where you fear the worst and you you hope for the best, fear for the worst. Uh, but we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about this game. i uh, going to praise CD Lamp a little bit on tonight's show. By the way, spoiler alert. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, let me say hi. We've got Joe in the chat. We've also got Toxic. We've got Jimmy. We've got uh, Cam here. What's up? We've got Mark, Aaron, Katharina. We've got Daniel. We've got uh, Peter Rizzo, Mark, Aaron. Welcome, everyone, into the show. Hope that you guys are gearing up for a fun weekend. And, you know, football-wise, it absolutely will be a fun one. So let's get it started here. Let me talk a little bit about CD. Because I had some, you know what I do on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, at Mao NFL, you know that every week or so, I'm going to tweet out these pictures with sketches of the plays in them, right? So, for example, every catch that CD Lamb made. And sometimes it's tough to get this done because they're time-consuming. Because I want to get every route right, I want to draw the down and situation. I want to draw the yard line. Uh, This time I did coverages too, so I tracked like every coverage that CD faced. Not every. I missed some plays, uh, and then I forgot to have the timestamps ready. So sorry about that. Uh, But I had some interesting notes for you, and I wanted to talk about CD because when we talk about what he's doing this season. I think he really has proven one of the best number one wide receivers characteristics that you can ask from a wide out. And that is that there's just no right answer to go about covering him. There are some wide receivers that are just, you know, elite when it comes to phasing man coverage, because maybe they're super good off the line of scrimmage. They're great at releasing, right? They're Great at gaining that separation right away. But then maybe some struggle against the intricacies of zone coverage, right? And knowing where to sit, knowing when to try to exploit those soft zones and all that. Uh, But CD at this point, I just don't know how you play him other than some sort of double coverage. Now, we know that there's a whole lot of variations to double coverage, Right. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can go about bracketing a player. You can do a straight up double when you are near the goal line, that sort of stuff. But I'm just not sure if there's something to do about CD if you're a defensive coordinator that is like a blueprint. I really don't think that exists. Uh, I think that the best way to go about it is not playing man. The Lions did a whole lot of that. When you look at the plays, uh, Lions played a lot of man coverage against him. Cover one, cover zero, like against the Cowboys offense, that seems to me like a no-no. Even that in itself is very important. And you look at some of these clips, man, and this is a perfect example right off the bat. You get a cover one, too high shell, but they're going to rotate into cover one, which is man coverage. And the Cowboys generate all of that traffic for CD just to be wide open right away. I'm going to show you that again because I just love that split from the wide out receiver who then motions into this like bunch look and just, just skim open CD Lamp right away. But that's man coverage from the Lions. Uh, CD, by the way, had five catches out of his 13 on third down versus man coverage, which seems like insane to me, by the way. Like, why would you go into third down uh, trying to man up versus CD Lamp? Didn't seem like a very uh, smart decision. To me, but hey, to each his own, I guess. Uh, you got the 92-yard bomb there. Then this play-action look where City just runs underneath the offensive line. Get him in space. Get him to touch the football on first and 10. Get this look here against like a bracket. And he's smart enough to go away from it. Then just uh, you, they play zone. They finally change it up. They play zone and look at him. He's going to find that sweet spot to stand and to be there for Dak Prescott. Then they're going to you know, put him out wide, isolated, and he can win in man coverage again. Then it's third down, and they want to blitz Dak Prescott. The following play, to me, is impossible to understand. Look at this. They want to blitz Dak with City right, in, right next to the line of scrimmage at the number three spot. To me, that should be the ultimate no-no. Dak is the second-best quarterback versus the blitz in the NFL per PFF. Look at him. That's a gimme all night long. And they go back to the same look, by the way, like the drive after that. And um, I think this is the play. Again, same look. Third and long. CD is now on the number two spot instead of the number three spot. They're going to blitz Dak Prescott again. Going to adjust. He's going to call out the protection. And then he's going to find CD. And it's again and again and again. Dallas seems to have like these easy answers for CD. And it's not only slant routes, although versus the Detroit Lions, let me tell you something, there was a lot of slants. And I don't mind them if they are working, right? And I remember when Mike McCarthy became the play caller, we were talking a lot about basically this Lance replacing the curl routes from Kellen Moore's playbook. And maybe that has been the case, but that has allowed Dallas to be this offense where if you are, uh, if you are a defense, And maybe the Lions were the exception. I mean, not that they should be the exception, but I think they don't have the players in the secondary to really evaluate them properly. Uh, But if you're playing a decent defense, and let's talk about like even the 49ers, even the 49ers who are, you know, this scary unit against the Cowboys, and we're going to be fearful of them if they do face each other again in the postseason, you're not giving them the option, in my opinion, anymore to play man coverage against you. And we've seen countless times before, and I think we even see the, saw it um, in the last matchup where they were just being super physical at the line of scrimmage. And you look at it that way, and that was an answer, right? You could press CD Lamb, and you could have the Cowboys be out of position, be caught out of position. But if now you get all of these motions and you get all of these huge tools in a toolbox to scheme him open against man coverage, then you're forcing the defense to play zone. And that makes them more one-dimensional as a defense too. We use one-dimensional for offenses all of the time, but it also applies to a defense where there's just no other way to dealing with an offense. And I think CD makes the Cowboys exactly that. And what I like too about CD is that People like to call him like a slot guy because he spends most of the time in this slot. That was not the case against the Lions. Eight of his 13 catches were made up, lined, lined up out wide. Most of the time he was lined up uh, out wide this game. Uh, the, most, the highest percentage in the season, by the way. Um, and man, he's just a cheat code at this point. And I wanted to bring it up because I know that we talk a lot about Uh, City anyways but 227 yards is otherworldly I was looking at some of the stats today and I couldn't believe that let's say City goes for 100 against the commanders and it's not easy he didn't go for 100 uh when they played back in week 12 Dak Prescott had a great game but he didn't go for 100 but say that he did he would be in the top 10 in NFL history for single season receiving yards. Top 10 in the league. Hypothetically. If he went for triple digits. On Sunday versus the commanders. Now sure. It would come with an asterisk. Right? Because it's a situation where. You know. Only since 2021. We've seen 17 games in a regular season. So it wouldn't be quite the same as having it. You know. Done in in, in a different year. However. You look at 2023 wide receivers on that list, and it's Tyreek Hill, unsurprisingly, at 11th. CD at uh, 19th right now, and then I think the next wide receiver is A.J. Brown at 76th all time in single season receiving yards. So this is not a this is not a situation that you can make a huge deal out of it, but it also tells you how huge the season is for City. Like, not just because there are 17 games in a season, you're cracking into the top 50. And what Tyree. Hope that it comes back uh, pretty soon. Hope that that wasn't a big issue. Might be for video, but uh, hopefully not for audio. If you if you hear the audio break out completely, let me know in the chat, please. Because I don't care if I maybe freeze in the video. I care about the audio. I care about you uh, listening to me in that sense. Uh, so let me know if the audio stops for any reason. Although I think we should be back even with the video now. Sorry about that, man. There's been like this crazy windstorm where I live and uh, hopefully we're, we're good back. Uh, we're back at being good now. Sorry. Anyways, let's see some of your comments, though, regarding C D Lamp. Because I know Cowboys Nation just appreciates him a whole lot. And he deserves to have these sort of uh, shows where we're just like, you know, standing in awe at what he's done this season. Uh, Cam says he's balling. Toxic Tom says Lamb is the best 88 since the playmaker. That's a huge statement, of course, because uh, there is Des Bryant with the 2014 season. But at this point, I don't know how you don't agree with it. I think the way that he's been playing this year, there's no question, right? Ravi says, City played his high school ball from my hometown, says Ravi. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's definitely a one cool thing worth the type thing. Uh, what's up, Clayton? Thank you for joining the show. Cam says, "Dude has quickness. Man, he's got a quickness. He's nasty in his release. He's like the he's becoming." And this is the part that I like the most about CD. I think he's just gonna get better because you can see the work in his craft at when you watch his release. When you watch his route running and his release. That is a player that is not only talented, but that is one of those guys that you know that he's perfecting his craft, right? I remember those clips for early in his career where Amari Cooper was kind of like teaching him how to release, and we were like, oh man, that's so cool. He's learning from Amari, who's one of the best at it, uh, specifically route running, release of the line of scrimmage, and you see it in CD's game. The fumble play broke my heart. And I, I don't know why I didn't include it in the cut ups that I just showed you. Cause I was uh including all of those early plays. I must have missed it. But you watch that release in that fumble that he has. And it's a play where he's uh lined out, uh lined up out wide, and he's gonna come inside and then gonna whip back to the outside to the pylon. It's a nasty release, and it's a nasty route. He he gets the uh Cornerback with outside leverage goes to the inside and then breaks back outside. It's just uh, top-tier work. Obviously, the fumble ruins the entire play, but it still speaks volumes about CD Lamp in a way. Uh, Clayton says City may not be in a class all by himself, but it doesn't take long to do the roll call for the class. Exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it, Clayton. I agree with you. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, at this point, there's no question the Cowboys, you know, keep him. I know we live in this NFL world where people think, oh, there's no way you keep Micah and Dak and CD and Trayvon Diggs. I'm highly, highly confident that the Cowboys get it done. Because as much as we complain about some ways that the Cowboys go about team building, they do... Pay their guys. And these are guys that you just don't want to let go at all. And I'm not saying anything obvious. But CD and Micah, obviously, and Dak too. But since we're talking about CD, They've reached a level of play where I'm not sweating it. I know they're going to keep them all. I know they're going to uh, make it right. And I know there's no way that any of those Three guys and and four of you include Trayvon, right? Uh, Walk. There's just no way they reached that level and that includes CD now, which maybe wasn't like the case. Maybe we were all super excited about CD, but we had not seen a season like this. Uh, Obviously, I mean, it's like his, you know, what is it? His fourth year in the NFL just now. So we could have been patient, of course, but I think this season has been like uh, just. Much better than even I expected, right? Even if you were super high on CD Lamp, maybe we just didn't know the level that he was going to reach. And I'm excited about seeing him play, though, against the commanders for one particular reason. The commanders are bad against the pass. They're 31st in EPA per play. They're 21st, according to PFF, in coverage. They do play a lot of too high. They're one of the teams that uses the most quarters coverage in the NFL. And that is something that the Lions don't do. The Lions just do their thing. They play man coverage. They play single high safety looks. Sort of like the Cowboys, who are very aggressive in that sense. Uh, The Commanders are more of a quarters team. And I think that's the one hurdle that the Cowboys have right now. And I mean that in the best way possible. Because you know which are the teams getting the most quarters coverage. And Dallas has gotten the third most, I believe, this season. It's the good teams. It's it's the good passing teams. The teams where defenses go like, I know you're going to move the ball on me. So I, I will just rather take away the explosive stuff and force you to be patient. Those are the offenses that get the most quarters defensive looks. With four deep defenders and all that. And the Cowboys are now in that category and in big part thanks to C.D. Lamb. Now, before we move on from this, let me see if I have this clip loaded up. I'm going to try to load it up very quickly. But the effect that it has on, oh, I think it's not going to, I don't I'm not going to have the wide view of this play because I tweeted it out and it was an end zone view. But the touchdown with Brandon Cooks, it's three by one. And CD is on the isolated side, right? So you get three to the right side to the field, and to the boundary, you've got CD land. The safety, the weak side safety, the one that is to CD's side, where it's just one receiver, he's working towards CD while the other three guys are in one-on-one matchups and they're in the red zone. Like they're about to score. And Brandon is fighting a one-on-one coverage. And the same for the other two guys, and I don't remember exactly who they are. Uh, I don't think I have the wide view of that play. This is the first play on that drive where Brandon just, you know, shows off with that catch, and Dak throws a dime, and that's Dak working with Brandon. That's a one-on-one look. It's Tolbert and Jake Ferguson underneath, and that's also the hidden impact of CD. You know, we talked about Brandon taking away some of the attention from the defense when he was brought in. But at this point, it's like, you know, the attention is going to CD. And Brandon and company, they're just having one-on-one looks and having fun with it. Excited about that anyways. But uh, again, even though it wasn't a huge game for CD back in week 12, when the Cowboys and the Commanders played the first time, Dak did go for 22 completions in 32 attempts. 331 passing yards and had four passing touchdowns. One of them was a screen pass to Rico Dowdle. They didn't struggle in the past. Uh, I'm just excited about seeing if CD can go off on Washington uh, this time around. We'll see what that looks like. But hey, CD, wide receiver one in the NFL. Let's celebrate it. Let's be happy about it. And final note, final note, and I promise I'll move on to the rest of the matchups. City going up against the San Francisco 49ers with the way that this offense is run. Hypothetically, it just shouldn't be the same. I'm not saying that the the Cowboys will beat the 49ers in the playoffs, but I'm just saying, objectively, and you know it, I don't have to tell you this, right? But it's just not going to be the same offense. Because the Cowboys are not running the same offense. They're not running the same offense as they did in week five. They're not running the same offense as they did last year in the playoffs or the year before that. It should be a different game. if it, Is it going to be a different outcome? I don't know. Could they get punched in the mouth? Yeah, they could. It's the 49ers. But all I'm saying is that if we look ahead a little bit, And you know the Cowboys are one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl out of the NFC. After the Niners, it's the Cowboys. Let's look at the team this way and let's enjoy it. You know, maybe they don't win the big one. Who cares? Let's enjoy the process, right? Right now, they're the second favorite team in the NFC to win the Super Bowl. There's nothing wrong with saying it, right? Nothing wrong with admitting it. If they play the Niners again in the postseason, this is an offense that is not going to be run the same way that, they, that it was before. It's an offense that can really force feed a player like CD where it didn't do that before. After that week five loss, they started doing it. But I don't think we've seen the Cowboys have as many answers in the passing game as they do right now in the last, uh, you know, I don't even know in the last how many years. But a whole lot of years, a whole lot of years. Now, regarding Week 18, Toxic says, "If we lose this game, I'm throwing my drink on a Commanders fan." Oh, Toxic, you're gonna be at the game. You're gonna be at the game. I know you're from. Uh, no, wait, you're not from. Are you from the area? I don't. Remember. I know you're not in Dallas or anything like that. I remember because, wait, you are. You're in the Baltimore area. I'm not. I'm not sure. Toxic, you're gonna be at the game. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, let's see here. Toxic said, you know, Mo, for all the complaints we have about Mike's offense, it's way better than last year. And the willingness to feature Lamb, it's absolutely one of the biggest strengths. Absolutely one of the biggest strengths of this team. The way that they feature Lamb. And it wasn't the case in the first few weeks. We thought it was going to be. And that's the thing. I I thought it was going to be. We get to week three. They play the New York Jets, who have uh, Sauce Gardner and who have... One of the best secondaries in the NFL and a very solid front seven. And we see CeeDee Lamb go off. You remember that in week three? And we were like, Dallas figured it out. They know how to force feed CeeDee. The thing is, they just played zone coverage all game long. And it was like a very predictable defense. And now you know that they can do that against zone defenses, but you also know that they can do it against man defenses like they've been in the last few uh, weeks. And I agree with Toxic, man. I get a lot of the complaints of Mike's offense. There's a lot of complaints to be made in the running game. There's a lot of things to complain in certain situational spots here and there. But man, it's been one of the most efficient offenses in the league this year. I think my one, my biggest complaint is leaning to the passing game even more. You know, I know that you want to run the ball. I know that hey, uh it's not a great running game and that might cost you big in the playoffs. At this point, I would much rather bet on the passing offense winning these games and Dak Prescott carrying the game in his back than wanting to fix the run game in one of these games and wanting to see if you find the fix, if you tweak it enough. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's likelier for Dallas to make a run if they say, all right, Dak, this is on you 100%, basically, and, and we'll see what, what happens. But if, if CD is going in the postseason, if CD is going, Dallas has a shot to beat anybody. And when I say anybody, I mean anybody. Right? Including, oh, uh, what's the way that Dak Prescott said it in that TV ad? All-timey prospectors. Including all-timey prospectors. Toxic Tom says, I will never again pay hundreds of bucks to go to FedEx. Such a shitty place. Man, is its is it hundreds of bucks to go to it, to that game? I mean, I guess it is, right? Because it's the Cowboys, I guess. Yikes. But still, I I get that man. It's it's a bad stadium. Anyways, a uh, couple of more thoughts though before we get out of here. I know that I spent uh, most of the time talking about C D Lamb, but some other matchups, some of the other matchups, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a little bit worried about. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I am I am I am reasonably worried. Not in a way that hey the Cowboys could lose the game because of this matchup, but if. Tyler Smith does not go at left guard, right? If the Cowboys say he could play, well, let's save him for the postseason and instead let's play TJ Voss, who has held his own pretty well, especially for a UDFA, you know, uh, against that defensive tackle duo of De'Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen, I would worry a little bit. I would worry a little bit because it's a... It's a Interior offensive line mismatch, possibly, for you. And I know Payne and Allen have not had the season that they have had in previous years, but I still view them as one of the most talented defensive tackle duos in the league. It's a different equation now, though, because before you had to face those two while also worrying a heck of a lot more about Chase Young and Monte Sweat rushing off of the edges. But now those two dudes are gone. It's just Payne and Allen in the middle. And sure, they've got some talented-ish guys on the edges, but there are no... It's not guys that you're going to fear throughout the entire game. And you did that before with Washington. You know, with that defensive line, uh, it was never a given. It was always a concern. But TJ Boss and Viadish, like that left guard slash offensive center duo against Payne, against Allen, it could be a concern. And the Cowboys better have a plan protection-wise to go to if they're getting killed up front. If if for any reason, TJ Voss and Viadish and that group, specifically those two, are struggling, you want to see that immediate adjustment from Dallas with that quick passing game or whatever you need to go to to really avoid... One, the game getting ugly, but two, Dak Prescott getting hit a whole lot. Because sure, we want the NFC East and all that, and, and we need the NFC East. The Cowboys should have that mentality, in my opinion. But you also don't want to have Dak Prescott go to the ground a whole lot. The good news is the secondary will give you opportunities. Chances are you're going to get the ball out quick anyways, especially if they're playing two high defenses. Um Excited about all that. Uh, But anyways, another matchup, and I'll say this, cornerbacks versus Washington wide receivers is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting uh, this, this season. Stephon Gilmore, when they played in Week 12, he was targeted five times against Terry McLaurin. And, you know, they call him Scary Terry, and let's be honest, he is a little bit scary. He's a very good player. If we're being real, uh, Terry McLaurin against Stephon Gilmore went 0 for 5. Five times he was started, and Stephon Gilmore didn't allow anything. There was one drop. To be fair, there was one drop in that in that uh, matchup in particular. But then the other wideouts, the other wideouts, uh, did get going a little bit. You saw De'Ron Bland allow. 7-for-10 against Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dodson, and Terry McLaurin. And he allowed 108 yards in that game. He made history. He had a pick six. It was awesome. But he was being picked on a little bit in that game before the pick six. And we were complaining about it during the game. If you're on Twitter, if you're live tweeting the games, you know people were complaining about it. And, I mean, it's just fair. He was being picked on before the pick. But De'Aaron Bland is going to get tested. I think Sam Howell is going to do it again. Like He's going to go after number 26 because he knows he can do it. And that means two things. One, we could see De'Aaron Bland struggle against this group of guys. But we could also see De'Aaron Bland did exactly what he did last time that they faced each other and stand up and say, boom, interception, and let's go, Right. Uh, he could have that opportunity and he could have that pick finally that he's been waiting for. Because I know for him, for his crazy, insane standards, it's been a while, right? Not really. What, what's the last uh on Blanton interception? I'm trying to remember. If somebody remembers off the top of their head, let me know. And then another matchup that was a little bit of a concern last time was Jordan Lewis specifically against Curtis Samuel. Five for seven. 43 yards, and he moved the change three times on Jordan Lewis. Um, Lewis has been playing lights out, though, lately. Versus the run, versus the pass. Had a pick last time uh, that the Cowboys played. You're just seeing quality football from Jordan Lewis. I think the Cowboys uh, are going to look better on defense, but I'm also relatively... Intrigued about the possibility of the commanders moving the ball a little bit better on Dallas than we would expect. And that could happen. Dallas has not been great by advanced metrics over the last several weeks. They faced some some serious opponents, of course, faced the Bills, faced the Dolphins, faced uh even the Lions last week, right? It was a rough stretch. We knew it was a rough stretch. So it makes sense that their efficiency numbers took a little bit of a dip. But this is the game where you got to see it, you know, bounce back, right? This is a game where, oh, we're playing Howell. Well, he's going to play the gunslinger role and he's going to move the chains on us and he's going to make some plays. But he's also going to take sacks because he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL this year. He's also going to throw turnover-worthy plays We're going to be able to capitalize on it. That's the kind of game that this should be, right? Commanders moving the ball, moving the chains a little bit, but also making those uh, mistakes, offensively speaking, against this Cowboys defense, which should overpower the commander's offensive line uh, once again. They did that last time they faced them, uh, and I think we're going to see more of that. There's a lot of plays in that game where somebody's getting blown up in the trenches. Somebody whether it's on the left side or the right side or over the middle. But the Cowboys sure were a headache for that offensive line back in Week 12. Micah wants a sack so bad, and I think he's going to get at least one in this game. Going to break that little bit of a spell, that dry spell that he's on. So hopefully he gets to the QB at time, man. In time, sorry. King Kazen says, Commando is going to play hard, but they want that number two pick. I mean, they do, but I don't think we get a commander's team that's going to tank on the field, right? Sam Howell, I can guarantee you, Sam Howell wants them out of that number two pick, right? Because Sam Howell gets them out of there, and it's not it's not a Caleb Williams or Drake May you're picking. You might be picking another quarterback, but they, they might sit down and think about it. And Ron Rivera is not gonna tank because he doesn't care about the second overall pick because he's not gonna be there to make the pick, right? Uh, So I don't, I don't think tanking the the tanking angle of it is gonna really play a factor into how this game plays out. But it's definitely worthy of being noted, right? Uh, King is onto something there. But I think that the players and the coaches do not tank. It's just the front office that do. See here, we don't press to the line to slow down timing in you know, our opponent's passing games. Is Anton. Uh, need to punch them in the mug, then cover the receivers. Cam says, I'm going to say two sacks for Micah. Hope the world is treating you well. Catherine, this is Peter. Mitesh um, says, Commanders tank every year. Toxic says, that's like your job saying, do a job so we can replace you with an automation. Jobs are on the line for Washington. Yeah, man, they are. Isidro says, on a reasonable contract, the team has to extend Gilly and Cooks. That's going to be, that's gonna be uh, an, a very mm, overlooked part of the offseason, maybe. I think this offseason is going to be fun for us here on ADC Sports, the Prime primetime. More fun that, than this season was. Solid says, didn't Washington get screwed a few years ago because someone in the Eagles-Giants game tanked in the last game? trying to remember that what was it was it like a weird was it like some weird offside calls that they that they had I remember something along those lines solid but I'm not sure I'm not I I don't remember how that went down but right now off the top of my head I'm remembering like some offsides that took place anyways guys before we get out of here drop the scoreboards in the chat what is your scoreboard for the game? Let me know. Drop them in the comments. I'm going to give you mine in a little bit of a second. But before, let me make sure of one thing. Because I'm going to give you my betting pick as well. I'm going to give you my betting pick as well. Because the spread is at 13. That's what I want to do. Make sure of. 13-point favorites the Cowboys are. I'm going to put it into perspective here very quickly. The Niners were... Fourteen-point favorites by the time the line closed last Sunday. So the betting markets are essentially telling us, you know what? These two teams, the Cowboys and the Niners, compared to the Commanders, are pretty much the same team. So let me know in the chat what do you think about this one? Thirty-five to ten for Clayton. Thirty-three to ten for King Kazen. Gregory goes with forty-four to ten. Anton 45-13. Katharina 32-14. 30 to 20 for Toxic. Rivera's last hurrah. 31-17. <laughs> Solid Doc Woods with 43-0. Joe B says thirty-three seventeen, 17 Cowboys cover 31-9, says Tomin on 1-5. What else we have here? 42-14. Cam says thirty-three seventeen, Peter, 37, 17 Peter 37-17. And Isidro uh 35-17. My scoreboard, ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with a little bit of an over here a little bit of an over i'm gonna go with the 23 ah, i'm gonna go with the 33 no 23 35 i want to go with the commander's covering so does that make sense (laughs) i've got the commanders covering the game man 13 plus I think it's a lot of points. I think that they move the ball on the Cowboys a little bit. And I think that the Cowboys slow down in the second half. If the game is in the back, you know, I do think they slow down. So I could see the backdoor cover there as well. So give me the Commanders plus 13. But I think the Cowboys do control the game from start to finish. And the Dallas win the NFC East. They gain the second seed in the NFC. And then, and then the next time that we see each other, we talk about the NFC East champion, Dallas Cowboys. Hit the like button for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. I will see you on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central. After the game is over, of course, you get the pre-game show, the halftime show, and the post-game show with Jesse Hawley and Skywalker Steel. And I'm going to see you next Sunday night. Uh, next week, we're going to have some guests, at least one, uh, So it's going to be a fun playoff week for us on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you on Sunday. Bye-bye.